0: Hello and welcome to the Minimum Competence episode for Wednesday, June 28th, 2023. I'm your host for today, Andrew Leahy, a tax and technology attorney from New Jersey. In today's episode, we have a Pennsylvania state registration law upheld. SCOTUS takes up international tax case. SCOTUS rejects independent state legislature theory, and that's in sarcastic air quotes. Law professor sues for discrimination and SBF loses bid to dismiss his charges. Let's brace for the upcoming onslaught of Supreme Court decisions and enjoy this comparative normalcy while we have it with today's legal news. On this day, June 28th, in legal history, the Supreme Court of the United States handed down their decision in Regents of the University of California v. Backey and ruled that quota systems could not be used in college admissions, but programs that incentivize accepting minority applicants are permissible. Backey was a landmark Supreme Court case decided on June 28th, 1978. The court ruled that a university's admissions criteria, which used race as the sole basis for admission decisions, violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The case revolved around Alan Backey, a white male applicant who was rejected from medical school at the University of California at Davis due to a racial quota system. The court determined that the quota system was unconstitutional and a violation of civil rights laws. They applied strict scrutiny, stating that the government must have a compelling interest and narrowly tailored means to justify race based actions. The court acknowledged that race could be considered as a factor in admissions, but rejected the use of a quota system that excluded candidates based solely on race. The Supreme Court has upheld a Pennsylvania law in a narrow 5-4 decision that requires companies to face lawsuits within the state when they register to do business there. The ruling leaves room for a potential future challenge to the law on different constitutional grounds. Opponents of the law expressed concern that it could lead to other states adopting similar registration requirements. The case involved a former employee of Norfolk Southern Railway Co. who wanted to bring a lawsuit against the company in Pennsylvania, even though it is not based there. Justice Samuel Alito, while ruling in favor of the plaintiff in this case, suggested that the law could be challenged under the Commerce Clause in the future. The court's decision was based on a precedent set in a 1917 case involving a similar law in Missouri. Justice Amy Coney Barrett, joined by Chief Justice John Roberts and Justices Elena Kagan and Brett Kavanaugh, dissented arguing that the ruling infringed upon the authority of other states to adjudicate disputes involving their citizens. The U.S. Supreme Court has agreed to hear a tax case regarding foreign earnings, raising concerns about the extent of Congress's taxing powers. The case revolves around Internal Revenue Code Section 965, which aimed to prevent foreign earnings from permanently evading U.S. taxation during a transition to a new international tax regime. The plaintiffs, Charles and Kathleen Moore, are seeking a refund of $14,729 through their challenge to the tax. However, the case has broader implications, as the government estimates the tax will generate $340 billion over a decade. The Moores and other groups argue that allowing the tax would provide Congress with the authority to pursue new revenue streams, such as with a federal wealth tax. The Moores representative argues the tax is not authorized under the federal government's power to tax income, as defined by the 16th Amendment. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals previously dismissed the suit, ruling that taxable income doesn't have to be realized. The Moors argue that only realized income is taxable under the 16th Amendment and that the tax violates the constitutional requirement for direct taxes to be proportionally applied to each state's population. The case has garnered interest from organizations like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the Cato Institute, which submitted briefs urging the Supreme Court to take up the case. The outcome of the case will have implications for Congress's taxing powers and the interpretation of the 16th Amendment. So look for that next year. The U.S. Supreme Court has rejected a legal theory that would grant state legislatures unchecked power over elections. In a 6-3 decision authored by Chief Justice John Roberts, the court ruled against Republican state legislators in a case involving North Carolina's House of Representatives districts. The legislators sought to embrace the independent state legislature doctrine, which would remove the role of state courts and state constitutions in regulating federal elections. Critics argue that the doctrine poses a threat to Democratic norms and could lead to further voter restrictions and extreme partisan gerrymandering. The Supreme Court's ruling still allows federal courts to review certain election-related cases and potentially challenge state court decisions. The decision does not establish a clear legal test for determining when state courts have overstepped their bounds in election matters. The issue is expected to resurface in future cases when state courts reject legislatively drawn maps and take it upon themselves to draw districts. A law professor at the University of Colorado, Paul Campos, has filed a lawsuit against the university and its law school dean, Lolita Buckner Innes, alleging pay discrimination and retaliation. Campos, who is the only Latino faculty member, claims that he has paid less than his white colleagues. He also accuses Innes of retaliating against him for raising concerns about his compensation and for taking parental leave. According to a 2021 pay study conducted by the university, Campos earned nearly $14,000 less per year than white law faculty. In addition, Campos alleges that he received a low faculty rating, which he believes was influenced by racial bias and retaliation for taking paternity leave. He claims that Innes further retaliated against him by removing him from the law school's Faculty Evaluations Committee and preventing him from teaching a course. Campos argues that the university has failed to provide evidence of his offensive and biased language, as alleged. Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of FTX Cryptocurrency Exchange, has lost his bid to dismiss most of the criminal charges brought against him by the U.S. government. U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan in Manhattan denied Bankman-Fried's request, clearing the way for his trial scheduled for October 2nd. Bankman-Fried is accused of orchestrating a multi-billion dollar fraud by stealing funds from FTX customers to cover losses at his hedge fund, Alameda Research. Prosecutors also alleged that he misled investors and made illegal contributions to U.S. political campaigns in the names of his colleagues. Bankman-Fried has pleaded not guilty and denied stealing funds but admitted to inadequate risk management at FTX. The judge ruled that the charges against Bankman-Fried were valid and that the alleged misappropriated funds constituted property. Bankman-Fried had also argued that some charges were improperly brought without consent from the Bahamas, where he was arrested and extradited from. A second trial is scheduled for March 11th on charges brought after his extradition. And with that, I thank you so much for listening to Minimum Competence, your daily news podcast for lawyers. If you're looking for more than Minimum Competence, links to further reading on all of the topics touched on today are in the show notes. If you have any questions or story suggestions, you can find us on Mastodon on the esq.social instance. I'm at Andrew and my co-host Gina is at Gina. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and do not represent those of any organization we may be affiliated with. Nothing here should be construed as legal advice because it is not legal advice. Reviews go a long way towards helping new listeners to find our show. If you have a moment and can leave a rating or review on your podcast player, we'd appreciate it. And if you know someone that might be interested in a story we cover, consider sending them the episode. Minimum Competence is available at minimumcomp.com and wherever you get your finely crafted podcasts. We'll see you back here tomorrow, and until then, remember, the baseball season is just about halfway done, and Luis Arias is batting .399. He has a real shot at being the first player to bat .400 since Ted Williams, and that's pretty darn cool.